Look out, it's the backlog boys. Virus detected. Getting to the dock. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't so know many... if I was doing the intro. I was like, "Fuck, no, man, no. am I supposed to do the intro?" No, I have so many tabs open right now. I can't. I can't close them either. All right. Uh, it's the backlog, boys. Hello. This is episode six of of us um going through our backlogs one game at a time. And this episode, we're going through Colt's backlog, and we're playing the game, or we played the game, Scorn. 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 Yes, this is a game that you've talked yeah. about in the past a lot because <laughs> we talked about it on the podcast or the AYCH podcast where you're like, I'm super excited for this. And I said I was super excited for it. But when it came out, I played 40 minutes of it and I dropped it. But yep. you beat it. I beat it. That was earlier in the year. I beat it. And um, as soon as I beat it, too, I realized I was like, I think I want to do an episode about Scorn because I want to see how the other two, Colt and Tanner, uh, play it and how they fare with it. Um, get their get their responses and reactions to that. And um, and yeah, and so finally here we are. It's uh, it's Halloween season. Uh, Scorn is a perfect game, I think, for that. Um, obviously oh, yeah. for being survival horror but uh yeah uh now if you're wondering where's tanner um if you go back and listen to our recent aych episode that came out this past monday uh we kind of go into that a little bit but to explain here since this is a different um show uh tanner is going going through growing growing sorry i said going really weird uh is going through some personal issues right now um and that's you know for him to uh uh talk about and discuss we won't you know talk for him or anything but he's going through that so um who knows when he'll be back but it's just going to be me and colt um on here for probably a while um yeah and we're also telling you this because we're going to be referring to when we played it and when we played it tanner played it with us yeah tanner was there um but he's but now we don't have him for this episode so yeah but yeah, um, we're getting to scorny. Let's get scorned up. Yeah. Uh, scorn, the feeling or belief that someone or something is worthless or despicable contempt. It's also a verb to feel or express contempt or derision for. I, I scorn you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I will go back to this at a later point because the title makes a lot of sense for what uh, what we're going to talk about in terms of story later. But yes, let's get into it. Um. So the credits are the developer is Ebb Software, publisher is Kepler Interactive, director is oh god, the Obamir. I hope I said that right. Peklar. Producers are Mirko Bozovis, uh, Fleurim Bejis, uh, Lazar Masaros. Designers are Leobamir, Peklar, and Duzan Santavas. Programmer is Milan. Sekish artist is Philip Philip uh Asovish and then the composers are Otis Cutcut, also known as Atec, and Brian Williams, also known as Lesmore. That last one is is that just his fun online name? Like originally was like Mustlord. No, no. So the composers right here, these are both actual artists who their artist names are Atec and Lesmord. And um that's what they went for as a long time, but then obviously they revealed their real names, and so uh, to give them credits here, that's what they have them listed as. But they still go by their artist names or, or their aliases for their um, like solo stuff. Um, well, I, I say that Atec I think goes by Billin now, um, but Brian Will Brian Williams will go by Les Mord for his solo stuff, I believe. That's a strange name. <laughs> you're telling me brother um all right so uh if you know anything about this game this game is most famous for being inspired by the works of visual artists hr geiger and jedschlosh jedschlosh i 
completely forgot to look up how to say his name. Bekshinsky. I, if I'm wrong, please correct me or tell me because I obviously I don't want to get pronounced stuff wrong. But uh, Ebb Software is a Serbian game studio founded in 2013. The developers claim to have designed the game around the Martin Heidegger philosophy of being thrown into the world, and as such, very little context is given about the game's setting. They also explain that they want the unsettling environment to be a character in itself. Um, the game director... Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say, yeah, it's very much so that they don't tell you anything. Yeah, uh, oh, so... Even I, uh, when you beat the game, you don't know anything. Yeah, so I should mention too, there's only two cutscenes in this game. There's no dialogue. Um, the cutscenes are literally the beginning and the ending. That's it. There's no cutscenes whatsoever. Um, the game director wanted to study uh, the space jockey from the film Alien, the pilot of the crash film on planet on a spaceship on planet uh, LV426. The technology and the living tissue all looked as if it was part of one being. Everything within the game abides by the idea of solid materials impregnated with organic growths. Scorn's world aesthetic was also inspired by the work of Jadzlaw uh, Bezinski, um on the in-universe alien planet, I'm talking about Scorn now, the engineers, homunculi, waged war against the two own split factions. One faction built cyborgs from bodies while the other made militarized robotic exoskeletons. Um, yeah, I, I totally be- got that. I mm-hmm, Yeah, got yeah. That. No, of course you would. Of course you would get that. No, I, I know you did. Um, the game was announced on November 12th, 2014 with a trailer showing pre-alpha footage followed by a Kickstarter campaign in December 2014, which ended unsuccessfully. Despite this, the game remained in development with a planned two-part release. Uh, in January 2015, Scorn received private funding from an investor, and full production started in February 2015. The game was planned to be released in two parts, with only the first part being announced as uh, design, design, I believe, a German word that means being there in vernacular German, um, and being in the world as part of Martin Heidegger's philosophy again. Um, in August 2018, the production team announced that they would launch the game as a whole instead of in parts, although no concrete release date was announced at the time. Um, now, that, I say this... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I was not aware that it was in the... Uh, it was announced in 2014. That was almost Dude, 10 years ago. I know. I, I could have sworn I remember it being announced in like 2016 or 2017, but I think I thought that because that's when I saw it was 2016 or 2017. Yeah. I didn't realize Wasn't it E3 when we saw it. Oh my gosh. Um, it might I know have we been. did see it at an E3. I just don't we, remember if that was when we first saw it. Uh, when it around the time when I first saw it, I know I saw it on YouTube because it was getting a lot of uh, hype because of its unique, unique art style. Um, the later, t- later again, when we did see it, it was at an E3, but that's like probably 2020 or 2021. Um, yeah. which I'll explain here in a little bit, but yeah, um, I couldn't tell you. In uh, 2017, Ebb Software launched a second Kickstarter, which reached its goal of 150,000 euros in September of that year. On May 7th, 2020, it was announced that the game would be published on PC and have timed console exclusivity on Xbox Series X and S running in 4K and 60 FPS and would not be released on the previous generation of consoles as the developer team did not want to spend development time on what would be a subpar version of the game. It also runs on Unreal Engine 4, I think. Um, Actually, let me let me check that real quick. Real quick. Give me a second. Whatever it is, it does visually look good. I will not lie. That is well, it looks it does look good. It's just disgusting. <laughs> uh yeah, Unreal Engine 4. Just to confirm that. Uh on on um sorry gotta find my place uh scorn was also released on steam windows store and gog uh microsoft even had a roadmap promise of when games would be released and scorn was on their schedule for a fall 2021 release uh did not happen i have an image obviously of it here to confirm um you can go look that up on november 9th 2021 ceo and creative director leo leo Bumir, Leo Bumir, Peklar posted a Kickstarter update to address the game's delays and lack of communication, suggesting that unsatisfied backers request a refund. The post was criticized by the backers for its hostile tone, for which Peklar later apologized. And Scorn finally released on October 14th, 2022 for Microsoft Windows 
I don't know why I put that windows, just windows and Xbox series X and S on October 3rd of this year, 2023 scorn was released for PS five. So it just came out on PlayStation five. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a year exclusivity it's not necessarily a game that was like, yeah, we got the one up on them. We got this game exclusive for one year. <laughs> uh, yeah. because the game it's not that great in my opinion and speaking of not that great uh, here's some other things about it we're going to go into the reception this is where the true meat comes from Scorn received a mixed or average reviews according to the review aggregator Metacritic is currently sitting at a 64 out of 100 on Xbox Series S and X and a 70 out of 100 on PC. I don't so, understand that, though, because they're literally the same game. Like It's just, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's just the reviewers. It depends on the reviewers, because some people on PC did not review the game on Xbox, and people on Xbox did not review the game on PC. It's just separate reviewers and their personal tastes. Okay, okay. The praise for its puzzles and art direction, Scorn faced frequent criticisms for its combat, which many reviewers felt was tedious and unnecessary. And uh, I gotta agree, that combat was some of the worst combat I've ever experienced in a video game. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. That little pulse, not pulse, that little driver pulse pounder thing. Uh, so I'll go ahead and tell you that weapon is actually called the tool gun. Oh, such a good name. Such a good name. The tool gun is garbage. It is frustrating to use. You die in like fucking four hits and your health system is stupid. I wouldn't be as hard on it if the health actually regenerated. But it does not. But the, still, the mechanics of uh, combat are fucking awful. PC Gamer <laughs> US described the game as surreal horror adventure which with the striking visual feast of the alien capital accompanied by a mournful audio it's practically moved me to tears why it was so strange and wonderful and seemed to hint at some greater mystery at the heart of scorn conversely they criticized sometimes unclear gameplay and the checkpoint system another thing i agree you don't know anything you don't know where to go your checkpoints are stupid it's so far away or too close to death it's not good very weird. I, I, uh, I have my criticisms of it. <laughs> Alessandro Barbosa of GameSpot praised Scorn for its interesting setting and aesthetic, but heavily critiqued it for its frustrating combat, unbalanced puzzles, and unforgiving checkpoints. Feeling they made the game an infuriating slog. Hmm, a lot in common there, bud. <laughs> Writing for IGN, Liana Hafer described the game as relentlessly unsettling delve into hell with dreadful combat, adding combat itself is dreadful, and I don't mean that in a good way. Though applauding its macabre art direction and puzzles, Hoffer, <laughs> Hoffer concluded Scorn would have been a better experience had most of, most, if not all, of the combat been removed, feeling it worked against the exploration and puzzle-solving aspects. Man, there's a lot of these reviews, and there's going to be a lot of echoing later. Electronic <laughs> Gaming Monthly's Michael Goroff echoed the combat complaints, believing it felt more annoying than tense, but kept the game from feeling like a walking simulator. Goroff commended the exploration and puzzle aspects working together with the overall horror tone of the game, saying everything in Scorn seems built around the simple desire of making players feel like they're somewhere new. And consider it to have captured the horrified and disturbed, exhilarated and intrigued experience of a nightmare. I say that's also completely fair. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously going right into it, uh, you know, we definitely have a lot of criticism. And like Colt said, we're going to be echoing a lot of stuff because, you know, obviously when it comes to the art, the aesthetic, we can't touch that because that is honestly perfect. Yeah, that's it, the whole reason I wanted this play. That's this the game. whole basis of why we wanted to play it. Why I was so fucking hyped for it. But um, the gameplay was not what it 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 was a lot to be desired. It could have been that. better. That I remember the night we played it when on the way home, we were just talking of ways of how we could have made this game better. 
yeah literally that's what we were doing and um and it's not it has nothing to do with the art or the aesthetic or the or that no, design no, or anything no. it's literally just the gameplay um but again we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end after we get all this um story stuff out of the way so here we go to explain the story to you obviously spoilers ahead for anybody who hasn't played it probably should have mentioned that at the top of the episode but also spoilers for people that have played it because you would not get a lot of this information because the game doesn't tell you shit yeah yeah exactly so again to reiterate um there is no dialogue or no cutscenes. most of this information was either put out somewhere by the developer itself or it was literally in the art book which came out after the game had released i don't know how long after but um it came out after which explains a lot of the stuff here that i'm about to tell you so um th this survival first person biopunk horror game can or i said that sorry survival horror first punk biopunk first survival horror first person biopunk can be divided into four parts first part is the story starts in an unknown realm following a seemingly devastating war which i didn't even know that i had looked up stuff previously and i don't ever remember learning that there was a war i didn't even no realize there were two like races or well, I, enemy uh, groups well, I'll I'll tell you that I'll tell you that in a bit because I I did briefly touch upon this, but honestly, like, um, anyway, it's so vague. But um, the silent humanoid protagonist first awakens and attempts to cross a wasteland called the Field, heading towards the looming citadel called the Crater. Seen in the distance before falling down a massive crevasse into a factory called the Assembly, a recycling plant that repurposes living things. This is where we get uh introduced to the mold men which the mold men are manufactured humanoids which they basically take biological matter pump them into these molds these shells to where it basically makes these like turtle these eggs things. these eggs and in these eggs are filled like you know like you when you're making like sculptures or toys or whatever molds and they basically pour like bones flesh dna everything into this mold and that's how they make these um, they can vary, but they're all a bunch of um, grotesque, deformed humans who are used only for work and factory work and then also being recycled, pretty much. Um, yeah, wow. There's a gnarly scene with one at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, literally one of them we use. You have actually two options. There's two achievements for this, too, which, by the way, if you do play through it, um, you can get all the achievements. You can literally just finish the game and then go back to the first part and um play it and you'll get the second achievement depending on which choice you make um you just have to you can either kill the mold man that you create or you can um save them and then have them uh open the door for you which by the way i i didn't realize i went back and looked at the footage for doing that uh of saving the mold man um you it takes fucking forever to get that guy to the door you're basically having to drag him. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Uh, and also just know, too, we beat this game within like three or four hours, I think. Is that no, correct? No, we actually took longer than expected, I think. It was like five hours. Okay, five hours. No, that's actually um, that's actually not long. Uh, it usually takes people five to six hours to beat it. Um, okay. Quick people, though, I know I've seen people beat it in four hours, maybe three, because they, they remember everything and they know what they're doing. Um. So, yeah, um, but if, if we would have done that portion uh, where we don't kill the mold man, it would have added like another like 20 or 30 minutes, maybe. Uh, and the only it, reason we killed it was because we were saying just put it out of its misery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you can do that. And um, anyway, so uh, while traversing the facility, the protagonist gradually acquires the tool gun as well as various weapons and machinery, which allows it to manipulate the facility's technology once it reaches the heart of the facility the literal fucking heart i didn't realize this the, the you know the big the, the big thing where you have to put the tubes into it and all those tubes are filled with semen or whatever that's a heart that's a literal <laughs> heart yeah um the protagonist causes the heart's arteries to burst which knocks it unconscious and covers it with fluid i guess so. you filled it up with too much love I guess so. So, uh, second part, just so there is no confusion, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this for you. We are playing as a new protagonist. This is a completely different character. Um, 
And uh, I, I, I was, I was kind of waiting though, or I was really excited to see Colt and Tanner's reactions to this because when you play this, you think, oh, maybe this takes place, like maybe this is a flashback, or maybe this takes place in a different point, like a different, you know, for the first protagonist. But no, this is the second protagonist. This happens after, and this guy awakens and emerges from the egg wall, uh, just a wall full of eggs. Yup, just a bunch of egg sacs dropping out people. That's not the actual name. Uh, the actual name of that is called the Genesis Wall. Uh, ah, yes. You wouldn't know that, though, would you? <laughs> mm, there was a plaque. Oh, my God. There's so many, like, notes that told you things. Yeah, one, yeah. Of, the, one of the dead humans uh, had a note that says, here at the Genesis Wall. <laughs> there was nothing. There was no notes. There was no, like, scribbles on the wall. Yeah, there was, there was nothing. nothing. Um, and again, we'll get to that later because I believe that's a detriment to this game, in my opinion. Um, the new protagonist makes a way, makes its way to the crater that has been seemingly in been infested with hostile entities. During this time, the protagonist is, is attacked and seemingly infected by a parasite, which allows the protagonist to use several weapons and machines, but regularly wounds it and apparently grows tendril-like roots that gradually cover its body. And you go through these periods where you will, um you will stagger because it is uh it is hurting you and you lose health uh you will regain that health if you have your um your health um oh gosh bulbs bulb you, you just like bulbs. inject them into your fucking thingy yeah your um your gauntlet your thing yeah um which the bulb device also has these holes in it that are for ammo but it's um if you have uh sorry i'm burping um pretty if epic you have, if you have cryptophobia you uh it might trigger that um oh yeah it was incredibly disgusting all around this game is disgusting it, it's so oh, good sorry sorry tripophobia if you have tripophobia it will definitely trigger that i'm scared um, of tripe yep uh uh yeah also too so I should mention to you the mold men and the humanoid protagonist that you play as they're two different races, basically. Um, but they're both humanoid. It's just that the mold men are molded. And then the humanoids that you play as are from the Genesis wall. But if you don't, if you remember this in the second part, you remember you have, you're having to do these puzzles to gain these, um, uh, these pods in the facility to open up, which yeah. have, also humanoids in them those humanoids are also different those are actually their own race too those are made in labs all right i got that as well this is yeah. all stuff that would be nice to know and actually would have helped the game if it was actually in the game yeah i i find it very fascinating it's just i wish it was in the game yeah uh okay so now we're going to part three so the infested protagonist reaches a central elevator that has been enveloped by a massive creature with a vaguely humanoid head called the crater queen reactivating the elevator apparently kills the queen but allows the protagonist access to a monorail to reach a temple called polis i would say part three was probably the most frustrating part for everybody here yeah it was the crater queen was disgusting the puzzles were, they were something, and uh, In, uh, just the all combat. around the combat, man. This is are, where are the combat? Are the little creatures that look like chicken and the peanut? Are those mold men? No. Okay, so this is where I'll get into another portion. So the crater queen is, um, if if anybody remembers this, if you look at her back, she has a bunch of um holes on it full of those creatures which by the way that's also going to trigger trypophobia because that's very similar to the um Suriname toad i believe yeah um clear basis for that um no so fun fact those are actually called uh chickens and brutes um, oh of course i guess <laughs> i got the name right when i called them chickens yeah you got it spot on um and then there's uh floaters and um oh and the ones that are medium sized those are called workers those are those the big ones so no the big ones the oh the, the medium that, the peanut one or is that brute no no you got it peanut it's a worker it's a medium size the oh. big ones that charge at you like a bull <clears throat> what is my voice doing the ones that charge at you like a bull those are brutes oh, the smallest okay. ones are chickens and then you'll occasionally see floaters but you don't fight those um there's another one in here called droids but i don't know what those are 
So, is it the two things you control at the end of the game? No, no. These are for the crater creatures. Oh. Apparently, there's a one called a droid. Um, I, I wish I had the art book because it's probably in there where you find that out. But so basically, what that crater queen is doing is, uh, she's just trying. She is constantly, um creating and creating and creating like biological matter and restructuring dna and stuff and part of that is that it had gotten out of control so what she's doing is she's creating these creatures just out of pure like instinct and programming and it's just creating these mutations and it's just constantly 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 um creating them and uh yeah so those belong to the crater queen but the crater queen is also her own being as far as we know um and some people uh I, I thought this too so if anybody has ever seen the creature from the game i have no mouth and i must scream this thing literally looks like that i do not know what you're talking about i'll look it up if you get a chance right. <clears throat> sorry something in my throat <clears throat> um wow hold on what sorry i had to drink something something I don't know. Oh Weird. yeah, it does. It looks like that. It also looks like the shivering truth max uh mask. Uh, oh my god. Thing. It does kind of look like that. I forgot about that. So yeah, yeah. I just watched a few uh, shivering truth episodes uh because Adult Swim's doing like full like 24-hour Halloween streams with their spooky stuff. Nice. That shit's nice. crazy. I watched the one where the dude is like being like yelled at by a drill sergeant and they're like reading each other's minds. Fucking crazy. <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, I need to rewatch it or I need to go watch it. Um, so anyway, now we're going to part four. While the protagonist is exploring the temple, this is Polis, uh, the parasite nearly fully envelops it, forcing it to use a machine to remove the parasite. During this process, is it, it is heavily implied that the parasite is actually the first protagonist who mutated when the assembly heart burst. So that's a big reveal. Um, I know it was for Tanner and Colt because you would have never known that uh, until, uh, until that scene. But at the same time, you probably still wouldn't know it. But um, yeah, so when you first start the game up, you see the first protagonist in the opening screen where he's awakening. And that scene is him turning into the parasite. It's just... Um, so because he's lying on the ground and the way his like flesh is fused, he's like, he, um, the design and, and, um, his physiology match, match up, which I think is really fun for that at least. Yeah. I, I honest with you, I did not catch it until you said it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and understandable. Um, yeah. So I was, I was really interested how, how they would react to that. Um, but just before it is removed, the parasite disembowels the protagonist who staggers to another medical device that connects it to an apparent hive mind within the temple. Um, controlling two androids called shells, the second protagonist attempts to... Oh, wait. Sorry. There's a part in here that I forgot completely skips over in the four part. So there's... Uh, you basically have your first boss fight in this part four, which is against... Uh, and I'm sure you know this cult since you know, yeah, watched um, you die so many times. Um, well, that, but not. It's that. not your um, fault. Um, so uh, I so no. What I'm saying is, I bet you know the names of those babies. Can you can you give me the names of those babies real quick? Oh, is it biblical or something? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's gonna be dead baby one, dead baby two. Um, or dying baby or soldier of death. So I should mention that I actually said the names of those babies in uh, earlier, but you wouldn't know that. Nobody would fucking know that unless they read the art book. Those babies are called the homunculi. Ah, uh, yeah, makes sense. Kind of. So the homunculi are basically the other race of creatures in this universe that waged war on one of the factions that occupy Polis. Um, and the homunculi, so what they do is they get put into these, um, suits that then they become cyborgs. And that's basically your first fight is you're fighting these babies. And then once you kill them, you take them, you put them in a juicer and you get baby juice. 
Yeah, even... which is incredibly brutal and also kind of funny because the animation is different for each baby. So they yeah. said, you know what? We, we don't want to like recycle the same old crap. So we're going to crush this one differently. Yeah. So instead of giving you some little bit story bits here, we're just going to give you uh, three unique animations for uh, these babies dying. Yeah, just um, getting crushed. Um. Yeah, and I, like that's not even that's not even a bit either. They literally become baby juice, which you use to, um, pr uh, control these two androids called the shells. These are these are the two androids that you mentioned earlier. The the shells are basically these, uh, these pregnant robotic humanoids that if you look behind them, they have skeletons, but on the front of them, they have this opened up cyclops like face and a pregnant belly. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then um. So the second protagonist attempts to carry its own body towards a swirling energy field, but gets attacked and infected by the parasite before it can reach the field, with the parasite now merged with the protagonist to form a mass of seemingly immovable flesh. Um, also should mention, this is the part where you see the protagonist's penis as well. Yeah, it slurps out. Yep, it slurps out, and for some reason they have to put... Um, a device to suck you off. I don't know what that's for, but that's there. Uh, if you have to, uh, we'll have to suffer through. You're not wrong because the device is literally chopping you up as yeah. you're getting sucked off. Um, so, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's the end of the game. Yeah, that went a lot quicker, uh, mainly because there's not much story. There's not it, much story. It, it just feels all. like the story was so secondhand and the real experience was just the visuals, the artistic visuals. Um, yeah. So I guess we can go ahead and get into that, into, um, into our opinions and thoughts and to discuss this. Um, I've said this a lot to Colt and Tanner, and that is that this game is like Colt said, the story is secondary to a more, Basically, it's a walking or it's an interactive art exhibit. Um, that's pretty much what it is. It's just it's there. It's to show this uh, this gorgeous art and to basically move around and interact with it. And that's also a detriment to the fact that it is a video game, if that makes sense. Um, but it I, I, can be done right. But I'd like to be told that it's an art experience. And not meant to be like a full story like thing. Because the uh, Radiohead, I brought this up before, they had their own art experience game based on the Kid A uh, album. And uh, you knew what you're getting yourself into. And it had some kind of, uh, kind of a story flow to it. But that wasn't important. And you didn't have a, to use a shitty gun either. So that's <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to, Colt can, I should definitely get your opinions on this first. What do you, uh, this is where you can just go all out. What do you think of the gameplay, the combat and puzzle solving? The combat, I know, I already said it, but the combat is terrible. It's awful. It's some of the worst combat you'll ever experience. The guns are terrible. There's a handgun that takes like three shots to kill a chicken and like crazy amounts and then a shotgun. Now, there's a third one, isn't there? Not the pile oh, driver. Oh, sorry. There's um yeah, there's four weapons. There's the tool gun, there is the second gun, which is the pistol. Um yeah, yeah. There's the third gun, which is the shotgun. There's a fourth gun, which is a bigger shotgun, and then there's the fifth gun, which is no wait, wait, hold on. Tool gun, pistol, sorry, regular shotgun. Then the fourth gun is the grenade launcher. Yes, that's right. All of these guns, they look cool. They sound fucking disgusting. They're all terrible. They're not fun to use. The ammo is incredibly scarce. There's rarely any like ammo pickups because you have to go to a machine and go through a full cutscene watching it load your little lotus seed pot up so you can put it in your belly or some shit. Or your little belly creature holds your ammo. Ah, It's just terrible combat. Puzzle solving, though? The puzzles were actually pretty fun. Uh, there's only like probably like five puzzles total in this entire game, which is incredibly disappointing because I feel like it oversold the puzzle aspect of the game uh, at yep. like E3s and stuff because yep. I was expecting more puzzles. 
there's really not that many and like the puzzles that are are there there's a lot of uh there's mostly repeats it's like three total types of puzzles but they reuse uh some of the types yeah just incredibly disappointing puzzle solving in combat all around want want what about you um I I have to agree with you, and I have to agree with a lot of these reviewers in that the combat is just awful. Um, when this game was originally shown off, I remember a lot of people talking about this was that the combat was so slow, it it took fucking forever to reload a gun while you were fighting an enemy that doesn't, you know, like in most games doesn't really wait for you to reload. Like it will attack you again. And um, running in this game is walking. Yeah, when you're pressing the run button. You're walking, and when you're pressing the walk button without running, you're just like and taking the sights in. I guess. <laughs> you're just thinking, uh, yeah, these very phallic organic sights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't like the combat. It, I was, I remember being so worried about that when I first saw it, and, I, and then when it was announced that it was getting you know backing from microsoft and everything i was like oh okay maybe maybe it'll be better they did a you know they said they're gonna do a whole overhaul and stuff um oh, oh and i should mention too for anybody if you're listening right now when i mentioned about part one and part two that was um that was from then that doesn't mean there's gonna be a part two of this game literally scorn is the whole like it's part one and two so don't don't think there's gonna be a part two to this or anything it's just it's literally the whole game that was just the original concept yeah, and this game um, is a whole game because there's a lot of holes and a lot of holes you stick your fingers in. Yep, yep. Um, Squelching. Puzzle solving, it's fine. Uh, there's some fun puzzles. Um, I just wish there would have been more, like you said, which is why I, I just think the combat's unnecessary, honestly, because if you're going to have it be this kind of a bitch, then there's really no point to it. Um, yeah, especially, I would rather the combat be removed so they can work on more puzzles. Yeah, exactly. If there was more puzzles and if there was more because they talked about like they wanted to focus on exploration and storytelling through the environment and kind of just understanding and taking the sights in. That's good. But if you're having combat where there's like all like there's always these generating enemies that are coming out and attacking you, you can't really focus on that because, um, again, you're being attacked and bombarded. And then also, too, if you don't um if you don't spare if you don't use your ammo sparingly you're gonna run out of ammo and you have no fucking weapons to fight these things and even if you do use the tool gun like it's gonna take you like so long to kill yeah, anything with that it thing. has a cooldown period where you can only do two pumps in a burst and you have to wait like 10 seconds for it to charge up and all these creatures don't they don't take um they don't take two pumps to kill no. like especially if you're fighting the brutes, which there's a lot more brutes than there should be. And you can't fight those with that tool gun. You oh, no, no. I didn't even try because it would have taken probably like, what, 10 pumps? It would have been well, awful. I, well, I think I tried and I literally got hit twice and I died. Yeah, I mean, they do half your health every hit. Every hit, they do half your health. So it's it's just not feasible. It's just not right. Honestly, it's not to do fun. That. It's not it's fun. Terrible. So that's where I'm like, okay, it's an interactive art experience, but it's also a game. And that game aspect is clearly they're, you know, going for, they want combat and being able to fight and stuff. And that's all fine and dandy, but um, it's just fucking awful. <laughs> like, Jesus. So just, just take out that, like, it could still be a game. It could still be an interactive art experience. Just don't have combat. Um, Like, yeah that's really that's really that, that it is to it like and and this is what's cool too is that this is like one of the like i see this too where i've seen people talk about how this is like one of the few games out there that is an interactive art experience in the way that it is and like again that's awesome but you can't really take that all in if you're being bombarded with losing health and being attacked so yeah um now on the positive, I think, that we're about to get into, what do we think about the game environment, the design, the art, the sound design? What do we think about that? Everything about it, visually, audibly, fantastic. They put a lot of effort in making sounds just terrible, especially when you're putting your fingers in those holes to open those doors. It's like... Like that. And then, like, 
everything has like a pee-pee or a vagina on the walls, on the floors, the roofs, on the creatures. It's fucking absolutely disgusting. And I love to look at it. H.R. Geiger and Zetislaw, both of them are some of my favorite artists. They're super unique. And you do not get this kind of visuals in any other game. This is the only game with visuals like this that I am aware of. It's just, it feels one of a kind to actually look at. But too bad it sucks to play it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I agree with Colt because I remember um, first telling him about this and telling him how I feel about it is like, it is a gorgeous game. It is a piece of art, but it is just a slog to play through. Um, it, like, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's one of a kind. I mean, like I was saying earlier, it's one of the few games out there that is an interactive art experience. And and that with that, too, with the art in it, it's just there's nothing else like it out there. And um, the game environment, the um, the grotesqueness, the 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 grimy rustness of it the sound design too like the saw blade um if you listen to it it sounds like a bunch of wooden blocks kind of clacking together it's really satisfying yeah and i, and I know colt said the sounds of the shlucking the shucking sounds of uh, when you're putting stuff your fingers in the holes and stuff it's so funny because the characters when the way they do it they do it in such a way that's like very like huh, don't mind if i do like and then yeah. they, put, they put their hands in it and like they just they know how to operate it and they're like yeah i like yes sir like <laughs> i like to put my hand in the cookie jar don't mind if i do <laughs> so it's like they they see the characters uh i should mention to the protagonist that we play as they have no mouths but it seems like they kind of enjoy it <laughs> which i think is funny um and like cole geiger and um bikinski is like both of my favorite artists um take huge just inspiration from them um i love them i love seeing their pieces rest in peace both of them both of them they're all both great gone too soon geiger's gravestone still fantastic if you don't know what that looks like look it up it's great i actually don't look at know what it looks like i'll have it's to look at that cool. up later um but yeah um so i have these two questions up here that i don't know if i should reverse them what do you think colt uh the not the last two or the next two the next two oh yeah 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 uh i think uh, switch them okay so colt knowing knowing how you're um knowing your thoughts and uh, when we played through this you were able to um very much deliberate and philosophize philosophize on this game what do you think it means what is it all about to you is there some greater meaning to this what is it what is this game, do you think, uh, what is it trying to say? Uh, I guess it's like the futility of progress because you're being put down by the generations that came before you. Even when they're gone, they're not really gone. They're sticking their little penis thing into your belly, ripping you open, turning into a tree monster? Question mark? I don't know. That was That was really good, Colt. Damn. Uh, I I think that's a, actually a good uh good way to look at it because um so with this game having no dialogue and no cutscenes whatsoever um it, and it is a piece of art it's very it's very ambiguous and they definitely uh, they force you into coming up with your own interpretations and that's that's a really good aspect of it and so what uh a lot of people I've seen including myself have said I, I've seen kind of the same thing here and there. So I'll try to I'll try to take everything and abridge it basically. But oh sorry. I think this is from the art book, but I forgot to mention this. The homunculi, by the way. Um a big reason why they're at war with whoever the denizens of polis or whatever um is because A um how they are uh how they they are also created that's why they're also called homunculi but they're very different from humanoids um but they always start out with full basically average intelligence and that's why they're able to um that's why they still stay as babies and why they're able to go right into operating cyborgs um but something that the denizens would do is that when they would make the homunculi can you guess what they would do with the homunculi once they made them 
drink their fluids to get smarter. Wow. Like that one South Park bit. <laughs> they're not adrenochrome. Uh, they're not getting smarter, but you're right. They eat or they drink them because they taste good. Oh, <laughs> they okay. Just, they're a delicacy and polis. <laughs> that's sure. What, that's what was. So uh, you probably could have guessed why the homunculi was trying to kill you and was angry at you. Um, not because you're from polis, because you're from the Genesis wall. Um, you know, it's just because they've uh, been bred and discriminated against because they are. They are literally just food products. <laughs> They're just slurpees. Nasty uh, little slurpees. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Um, so one thing I will say about it, and I told Colt and I think maybe Tanner about this, is that one of the things that people can theorize about it is that there's like a class. Maybe there's something they're, they're saying about class because there's clearly a class divide and that there's the polis station. Um Sorry, just Polis. I keep saying station because I keep thinking of a metro. Um, but Polis, where uh, the imagery is much different than what we have at the factory or the assembly. Um, there's like, so there's a divide there, basically the upper class and the lower class or the working class. And yeah, the Polis um, place is visually my favorite to look at of the places you go to. I think it's everybody's favorite too, um, because it's so it's very unique, and that's where you see, um, beside like, that's where you really see the Geiger stuff, um, kind of visualized because it's just a bunch of, um, oh gosh, what is it called? The type of artwork on reliefs. There's a bunch of reliefs on the wall. A lot of it is literally sex and birth. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot, uh, a lot. Um, that's literally what it is all about. And um, and so there is that there is uh, uh, there is possibly statements about society um, being about, you know, like Colt said, progression about how because of those who came before they have halted progress. And um, there is some uh, there's some idea that there might be um, there might have been some kind of infertility that happened, which is why you don't see anybody anymore, because whoever was here at Polis, there was they were going through infertility issues. So because they couldn't reproduce, they tried to do um, the other option, which is basically to reach immortality or a higher plane, um, because there's a portal at the end that your protagonist is trying desperately to get to. And then we enter a big room where there is this huge just hive mind of like what looks like brain matter. Um, where there's still a bunch of people in there, they're all just connected to it. Um, and we see these huge reliefs of basically of ascension. And this is where also we get into an interesting thing where only people were able to figure, find this out was through the art book and through um, free free camming in the game. And so that big, giant, immovable um, mound of flesh that you become to, well, somebody was able to free cam it and go and look behind it. And behind it, there is still texture and designs. And one of the things that's on the back of it is it looks very similar to these uh, this flying brain creature that's on the wall. Um, ah. And in this uh, in this relief of this flying brain creature, there's also uh, two shells next to it, like the shells that you that you control. And um, this is basically no what's known as the um, ascended form of a humanoid and something that they seemingly want to reach but at the same time they have a device that removes the parasites so that kind of part is iffy but uh as, as far as it says in the art book it says the the transfer the transferal of that's weird sorry transferal of consciousness from a humanoid body generates this proto creature a kaleidoscopically colored brain topped entity capable of inhabiting different shells. And, and it's maybe to say that the relief here is to bridge the gap between the two shells and that it can um, at will uh, change or uh, I guess like inhabit the minds of both, um, both entities. So there is that. Um, and there is a lot of I guess you can say maybe themes of um, birth, sex, and um, maybe even like a pessimistic or nihilistic view of uh, of life of living. Um, 
because that's that's kind of where what I said before earlier about the definition of scorn maybe is that there's it's basically scorning scorning the um live the living the um of living because especially in this world where uh there's so much suffering uh like you're having to inject a gauntlet into your arm to use um to use in the assembly to further progress um you're so determined to reach this place while also suffering a great deal and then in the end you never reach it um you're you're stuck and so there is kind of that maybe of like scorning the um the uh, life scorning life and living and um how we are uh, like trying so hard so determined to get to this um outcome while also suffering and causing suffering and yet we never really can um reach it and that's also another thing too i i, I don't know if that makes sense um either so sorry that's kind of a kind of something i'm still trying to think about um and then also too people say that that last portion i didn't even think about this but somebody said that that last portion is basically like birth in reverse um because you're so you're basically you have baby juice and then you put it into two humanoids who are adults and then you are carried by those two humanoids into this portal that looks like a giant vagina a birth canal yeah um and people think that maybe is that is a birth in reverse and that you're not necessarily that you could possibly not even be ascending you could actually be basically going back to the point to where you're just dead like you're just not existing anymore rather than still being alive but just in a new universe or you know going going to a higher plane it's like no it's like what you're doing is you're reaching basically just uh non-existence so i thought that was interesting there um and again a lot of the um a lot of the uh a lot of other sex and birth and um class distinctions like with the mold men and then with the um with the crater queen being that like whenever you're uh, you're having to get to the elevator. You're a lot of the um, a lot of doors that open that open through her flesh are very reminiscent reminiscent of Sarian, you know, Sarian uh, form of birth or to ret to retrieve a a, a child. Um, there's that, and uh, yeah, that's that's really like there. It's so ambiguous, and what it does achieve perfectly is that it's getting people talking it has a lot of people talking and theorizing and coming up with stuff and i think that's where it's very successful is um is with that as well um, which is also a f i feel like it's it's succeeding there but it also feels like a failure on the part of the game because it didn't give you enough to work with because you had to do a lot of homework to get that information you have to buy the art book you have to like look up all this shit to I mean, I get it, but yeah, like I'm having to go to, you know, other sources and other people who are like trying to also figure this out and trying to understand it and then trying to piece it together. And then, like you said, having to buy the art book, which is like $40, not, you know, not cheap unless you're fucking rich. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely it succeeds. But at the same time, it is failing at that, which I hate because. I, a lot of the stuff people have theorized or what it could represent is actually pretty, pretty, pretty fascinating to say the least. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, was there anything? Cause I, I had to, um, this is the part I had to look up so much stuff and I didn't really put together too much about my thoughts about it. Um, uh, yeah um so with all that in mind uh do we think it's worth it that it's on game pass that you can play it for free i mean i say yes if you're into the art style and you want to experience it as like an artistic thing but other than that like if you're a casual person that wants to have fun no do not play it <laughs> even if it's free just it's not worth it. It really isn't. I don't know. Art can be fun. Art can be yeah, fun. Yeah, that's yeah. If you're into art, yeah, sure, go ahead. But if you're not, just play Call of Duty or something else. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, in my opinion, I it, because it is an art experience. Um, 
I definitely think everybody should at least try it once at the very least. Um, so I, I think because it's on Game Pass and it is free, I think you should try it out. You know, you're not having to pay any money besides Game Pass. Um, definitely see um, see how you feel about it. You know, if you if you can't make it past the first hour, then at least you say at least you can say you tried, you know, and you, then you could just obviously watch a video or hell, you can buy the art book <laughs> if you want to. If you want to spend actual money. Um, Did we cover how like the game doesn't give you any direction? I can't remember. Oh, it doesn't uh, tell you what to do at all. And you have to do a ton of walking around. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing, if Wenzel wasn't there and this was our first time playing this game without looking at a walkthrough, we would have took probably like eight hours to beat this game. Yeah, I guess I should mention that. Uh, I completely forgot. Yeah, there, there's nothing telling you about where to go. And I think that's what hurts. That's what also hurts it. And why, while it is an interactive art experience, again, wow, I've said that a lot. Um, because it's a lot of walking and now there are um so there are sections where um there is you know there is stuff there but it's just nothing there's nothing there so um, you can interact with this machine but so you're thinking okay this is what i do no you have to do something else with a different machine before you can interact with this machine you can and, interact with it for some reason though and there's just there's a lot of open spaces and a lot of um just a lot of walls like with with you know obviously plentiful like design on it and stuff but it really serves no purpose um so like i just i don't understand why there's all this open space with really like you can't really explore any of it you know like yeah it, it's just like okay if it's gonna be this way then there should be more like aspects to it that kind of incentivizes exploration and discovering because while it says like oh yeah we want you to explore and really feel for this world like sure you can do that but there's nothing really there so like there's there's no there's no incentivizing because there's nothing you're not incentivizing anything because you can literally just sit there and just look at a uh the, the biggest example is there's this area where you're coming from the Genesis wall and while there's a, there's a bunch of fleshy stuff on the ground and there's like a horizon, but that horizon is obscured with clouds and there's just fleshy stuff on the ground and that's kind of it. And it's like, okay, moving on because it serves no really greater purpose because if you look at the whole of the, what you're seeing, it's, you see all these fleshy, you know, organics kind of moving to one spot and that, you know, that's obviously the whole of it. It represents where it's coming from and where it's going to. But um, there's just a lot of this space that you can go into, but you can't move further than that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just game design. You know, maybe I'm just over explaining game design, but it just it's just kind of annoying. Um, and uh, and also should mention something else, too, is that uh, another fun theory is that um because the protagonist is uh, silent, has no mouth. Some people think that might be kind of a, a statement on censorship, uh, censorship of art, and being that like um, how in a society like this, with with a very kind of uh, dogmatic, maybe or maybe dogmatic, where it's like following this kind of line of like you know production, and then lab, and then science, using just to you know going from creating cr creating humanoid workers again production to serving the upper class and just kind of this um day-to-day -day of just work 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 and um achieving to get to this um seemingly impossible place for the lower class and and um no really ends to the suffering it's just kind of like there's no there's no free thinking or no um there's just very stagnant and restricted thinking and um no progress basically and just kind of like restrictions on that causing uh the crumbling of society which like colt said earlier about the what he said about society in this game and how it never could progress or go any further it's kind of like that because there's no there's nobody to speak up or think freely and that's kind of that's kind of a statement on that um especially in our own society as well um I just thought that was an interesting take somebody had. Never, never would have guessed that. I also liked the part where they showed the scene from the Joker. 
where he shoots John De Niro. John De Niro? Who's John De Niro? <laughs> Who is that? No idea. Is that Robert De Niro's son? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, is that all? Like, you have anything else you'd like to say? See, I'm trying to. There's like, there's so much to say, and at the same time, it's just like, um, I I wouldn't mind people to kind of obviously come to their own conclusions or you know or um these are things other people are saying so um like it's just kind of i'm just mirroring that and i, I think i've said what i needed to say um yeah. about it um what are we what's our final rating final rating honestly i think it's gone down since we played it uh just because of the frustrating like points of trying to do too much research, thinking about the actual gameplay, the story, just all around this game was incredibly disappointing uh, because I was so excited for it. Like we said earlier, you and me were super excited for it. And then the final product is this. My final score, this might offend some people, might even offend you, I don't know, Uh, 5.5. Oh. Out of ten, <laughs> yes. No, it's five point five out of five. Colt loved it. <laughs> yes, it was fantastic. I want to play it again. Uh, honestly, I thought you were gonna go lower. So oh, I no, no, I'm not I, that disrespectful. To be lower, the game would have to be like non-functional. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's respectable. Um, I actually I told Colt that when we played it, my score went down. Uh, but honestly, after doing after doing this research and after seeing what people say about it, I'm like, uh, okay, it actually went back up. Um, so my score for it is a 7 out of 10. So we both very heavily on this. Very much do. So let's see. Uh, Did you let all the influence of the outside touch you? From that um, point, because like a lot of this game, uh, a lot of the stuff we talked about is not in this game. Well, that's it's well, all I mean, like hypotheticals. Well, I mean, that's the thing though, that it is, it is art, and art is going to be, you know, subjective. And that's, and because of the fact that it is subjective and that is causing discussion and people to talk about it and come up with their own kind of conclusions, that's where I think it succeeds really well and why I'm kind of bumping up my score because I'm like, okay, it does that. And I think it, it is at least achieving that. And I think that's great um, at the very least. And, um, you know, obviously some, some people are saying some stuff I don't really, I don't agree with. And then some people are saying stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can see that because again, like Colt said, these are just, and I've said, these are just theories. These are hypotheticals. We, we don't have anything concrete. Everything I told you from the story stuff, that is concrete. That is fact. That is what you see. Um, so, you know, uh, but the fact that it gets people talking at the very least and coming up with these really fascinating, um, points of discussion, I think is uh, just wonderful and why it, those wouldn't be possible without the game. So I think that's where it deserves at least a point for that, a point, an added point five. Um, now with our uh, with our scores averaged out is a six point twenty five out of ten, which is uh, around what average uh, score would be like on Metacritic with a sixty four out of one hundred and a seventy out of hundred on PC. Yeah, uh, I think I think we said IGN gave it a seven out of ten as well. Um, I mean, yeah, we're hitting the average basically um yeah um any more thoughts or anything uh for your future game please the people behind this game try to make it fun and also put the story in the game <laughs> that's just all notes that's all the notes i have <laughs> all right um uh yeah make a i don't know Make a funner game, I guess. I, I I can't really tell you. Just make a good game. How about that? Sure. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for listening through this. Uh, and you're welcome. We played it, so you wouldn't have to. Um, now, if you want to play it, obviously play it. Um, 
you know, if, if this episode comes out and you have your own thoughts, tell us what you think. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Um, I think like it was kind of hot in a weird way. Okay. There's that. Um, so you can follow Backlog Boys on Twitter at Backlog Boys with a Z pod. Um, we are now on the main feed for AYCH. We're not on the AYCH Extra anymore. Um, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, not iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, Overcast, um, a lot of RSS feeds. Go check us out. Um, uh, we, uh, the AYCH main channel, go follow that at AYCH or, God damn it. I've done these plugs now so many times. AYCH podcast. AYCH podcast. Okay. Sorry. We have so many different varying stuff. I don't know why it, it, well, I know why it confuses me. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're on Twitter, AYCH podcast. Uh, that is on again, same thing as mentioned before, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Um, go check us out. We also have uh, our on our YouTube uh, VODs of the times we have played games on there, including recently Tanner's um, Tuesdays with Tanner's. So go check us out on YouTube. All you can hear. We are on Twitch as well. All you can hear as well. Uh, go, you know, uh, whenever we do stream, that's where we'll do it. And we'll do it on the All You Can Hear channel. Um, you can go follow or check out the AYCH Extra stuff um as well that stuff is going to be that's up our there. home it's always uh that's our original home that's original where it, home, yeah. all the old backlog episodes are yeah uh, if we find a way to get backlog boys in this feed we will update you but we don't know right now yeah so um so any any stuff like that will be up on the twitter obviously and um i think that's it for backlog boy plugs am i right yeah um also go follow AYCH on Instagram, all you can hear as well on there. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's it for those plugs. Uh, I am Wenzel. Thank you for listening again. I really appreciate it. I've been... Uh, uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Okay, I've been here. I've been I've doing been stuff. I've been here. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at WenzyWilkie. Follow my art Instagram, Board of Wednesday. You can follow my threads world of Wednesday. you can follow me on blue sky world of Wednesday. uh you can follow my bookstagram wenzel banters uh go check out episode zero of my podcast wenzel's essentials um that's on spotify and it's on apple podcasts and it will be on our other rss feeds besides soundcloud i'm not being hosted on soundcloud so that's why it's just not going to be there um yeah, I, I do plan to do the rest of those episodes for, or the episodes I initially mentioned for Wendell's Essentials, if you did listen to episode zero, but um, those will just come out when they come out. Um, I don't have any planned schedule at the moment, just because I've been busy with work and just too tired, so, but I still plan to do those. Um, and yeah, I have a link tree for the links for everything. I have a Goodreads and Letterbox, so go check that out. Thank you. My name is Colt. Follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Follow me on Blue Sky at ColtD99. I uh, just remembered I should update my Blue Sky uh, profile picture to the new Goose photo that I updated on Twitter. <laughs> All right. And that's it. Yeah. <sighs> video games are good. And sometimes video games are frustrating. Yep. But hey, the backlog. We can strike out one for the backlog. Yep. And uh, while we do that, four more are about to be added to it with whatever the hell comes out in this month. Thank you, video games, for never giving me a break. Yeah. Uh, oh, do we want to say what, what, which one we're doing next? Oh, yeah, we should. We're going to be doing Resident Evil 2, not that one, remake. Yeah. So we're going to be doing the last updated version of Resident Evil 2. Very excited. And uh, Very excited for that, yeah. we'll get into it. Uh, at the end of the month. That game was actually fun to play through. <laughs> yes, very fun. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, see ya. Bye bye.